Doom bit. Doom doom bit. Doom bit. Doom doom bit. Doom bit. Doom doom bit. This is the Hoffcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Hoffcast. Uh, special guest with me this week is very funny comedian Patrick Keen. One of my favorite oh he's applauding himself i like it i'll applaud too dude one of my favorite comics probably for the last decade anytime i'm on a show with pat keen i'm like thank god uh, now there's somebody that's watchable because you never know oh you never know man there's so much waiting around in this business at any level and it's like oh. <laughs> we have seen so much bad comedy and then when you see somebody that you're like i mean you're you're just you're a guy that you get the go up there, and even if I've heard, I've heard a couple of your jokes. Every you know, I, even if you, I don't have a show with you, like in a given year, I will go and I will find that joke online and show seven people. There, oh. you've got some of these hallmark bits that when you don't do them, I'm disappointed. And yeah. as comedians, and I'm sure you feel this way too. Well, I don't want to speak for you. Tell me, do you, do you feel this way when you know somebody has seen your act? Do you feel an obligation to change it up? Yes. Yes, you want to keep it fresh for them. But but they're there to see the classics, you know, sometimes. It's so weird. You know, yeah. no matter. it's like you're damned if you do it, you're damned if you don't. You see somebody, you're like, I know they've seen me before, so I want to do all new stuff for them. So I'm not going to do any of these. And then at the end of the show, they're like, what the hell? You, why don't you do that joke? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The... Uh... Yeah, there's a few in there that uh, I guess people people want to hear and stuff. But um, sorry about that. The, what, uh, what would you say? Because I have it in my mind that like the hallmark Pat Keen bit, like the the one that is like this is this is the joke that everybody loves. Do you have one that you're like there it is? Yeah, I'd say it's the uh, I'd say it's the Cain and Abel. Bit. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's such a good joke. Where right off the bat, where can people find that when when they're looking? Okay, who's Pat Keen? I got to find this. Find this joke. Where do they find it? We can find that. Uh, that's a uh, at the Dry Bar Comedy Special, which was uh, yes, a place where uh, it's it's pretty clean. I guess it's Mormon comedy. I don't know. That has nothing to do with it though. It's it's there's a lot of funny comics. Right. Yeah. Uh, that was filmed in Provo, but if you go to Patrick Keen Dry Bar Special, uh, it's the closing joke in that special. Yeah, all your jokes are great, but that's like, I mean, I, I remember the first time I ever heard that joke. It's so well written, and even when you think it's done, it keeps going, and you're yeah. like, oh, this is so good. It's one of those jokes that if I didn't like you so much, I'd have been mad that I didn't write it myself. All right. Like, Yeah, it started with a one-liner. It was, uh, I used to I'd do a one-liner about uh, Adam and Eve had very easy history tests. Must have been easy. <laughs> yeah. Right. What happened yesterday? Well, that's, or, or I'm sorry, what was history? Yesterday. It was just whatever you did yesterday. We ate, we got up, we, you know, played soccer. I don't know. But, so uh, that's how the joke originated? Just yeah, that idea? Yeah, I just said, uh, boy, history tests must have been easy for Adam and Eve. And then I was like going through like, what was the first thing that they must have done? And then I went to their kids and I was like, oh, the first murder was within the family, which. Right. Uh, understandable you live long enough you're like yeah i get that uh and then <laughs> from there, you know and it used to be longer it used to be like uh you know michael corleone killed fredo or or, or romulus killed remus or right right other brothers uh hamlet's father you're wearing macbeth hamlet's father was murdered by hamlet's uncle um 
So that's interesting. So it started as a one-liner and then it expanded into a giant thing. And now you've since parsed it down. Yeah, correct. Yeah, it was, it was, it was, uh, it was pretty run on. And then I was like, ah, let's keep this to about two minutes. And uh, I think it works as it is now. Have you submitted that for television? Has I know it's yeah, like oh, a high it, bar it, special, it, but it's... you can also find it on Comedy Central. Um, okay, it's uh, at Live at Gotham in, in I think two thousand nine. Oh yeah, I remember yeah. auditioning for Live at Gotham. Didn't get it. Didn't yeah, get no, to Gotham. It, it, it took uh, it took a, many efforts at that. You know, um, plus no offense, but you're a white male heterosexual, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, in 2009, it was a different era. Yeah, sure. It was still wide open for us. Yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah the, I went and I uh, auditioned. I showcase is what they call it when you're trying to get on a TV show like a Live at Gotham, Comedy Central, anything. They have a showcase where they'll come and they'll either videotape it or they'll have their scouts there watching. I did mine at the Irvine Improv, and I remember driving down there. And I was still relatively new to comedy you said it was 2009 i don't remember how many seasons they had i i might have been i feel like because i started in 2005 and i feel like that was maybe 2007 when i showcased for i was brand new you know and uh and i remember getting drawn first like i had to go first i just went up there and ate ate all the crow that you could possibly eat yeah, yeah. that's good <laughs> though that's good though they're not gonna judge you for it you know they'll know they take no time <laughs> But dude, yeah, go find that joke. Uh, watch his, uh, watch Pat's special on Drybar. The whole thing is phenomenal, and uh, and you also uh, host of your own podcast, uh, Keen on Things. That's correct. Yeah, it's Keen on Things. It's a half hour podcast on iTunes, Spotify, all those, and uh, it's just ramblings. I just uh, record it here in my closet, basically, right here. Right and, there with all uh, the ties and the hats there. Yeah, a skipper that. hat back there? What is that? Oh, yeah, yeah. Are you a uh, sea captain? One, yeah, that was, uh, that was uh, I think I played a, a lot. I played a clipper as, you know, the L.A. Clippers, the basketball team. Okay, yeah. The, uh, you know, a, a captain of a clipper boat, and uh, it was a sports sketch. But, is that uh, where the Clippers got their name? It's a boat? Well, yeah, Clipper is a boat. Yeah, in San Diego uh, was where they started. Well, originally, I think they were in Buffalo. and then I'm it was such San an Diego. idiot. And then, yeah, those are little boats for the ocean, um, a clipper, you know, and uh, which is funny because L.A. Lakers, like lakes in L.A. No, we're more right, like- right. Well, they were Minneapolis, right? Correct. And then the oh. Clippers. I don't know what I thought a clipper was. Like, yeah, I just sailboat. It's just a boat. I don't know if it's a sailboat or what kind of boat. Maybe it's a sailboat. But I mean, weirdly, a clipper is more uh, apropos for Los Angeles than a Laker is. Sure. Yeah. But huh. Uh, any- but yeah, it's a good podcast. I think it's uh, it's just I've been doing it ever since uh, 2020. You know, I started it pretty much right after you and I saw each other at Slow, and I've been doing it since. Oh yeah, we did the San Luis Obispo Comedy Festival, and and we were so doe-eyed, we had no idea the end was coming. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that happened a second before this started. Yeah, what was that? That was like the last weekend in February. Was that yeah. uh, was that comedy festival and everybody's you know just hanging out face to face? I mean, there Little had life. to have been people at the shows, comedians that had coronavirus. That it had to have been there. I'm sure, right? I'm sure. I wonder if anybody got sick as a result of that week and maybe even forgot that they got sick. I'll have to check with the guys that run it. I I, I never heard of anybody getting sick, but at that time they would have just been like, ah. You know, it makes sense. I was hanging out with a bunch of dirty comedians. God, that was a fun weekend. I really liked that town too, huh? 
Yeah, yeah, the whole town embraces it. I mean, people come out and uh, for all those shows, and it's only a couple hour drive, you know. Yeah. So you you can you could even drive up and drive back and drive up again. It doesn't oh yeah, yeah, that was amazing. God, I can't <laughs> believe you did that. That's so much driving. <laughs> I'm a moron. I'm a moron. But dude, I, I want to thank you for coming on here. I mean, things have been a lot different. You did you grow up in Los Angeles? Am I, I mean, this I'm up? a Californian at this point, but uh, I'm from. I was born in Toledo, Ohio, and born then in I lived Toledo. In Where well, in Toledo? Why am I thinking that you were raised in Orange County? I was raised in Orange County. Yeah, we moved out here when I was 11. So I've been, I'm a Californian at this point. I mean, I've lived out here since uh, 1984, I guess. I mean, I've, I've lived other places in between. Like I went to college in Montana and okay. I lived in Asia for a while. But uh, I've been in LA for 20 years and I was in Orange County for 15 Why years. college in Montana? What was there? Uh, they offered me a football scholarship. Football and, scholarship? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And I took it and uh, it's Carroll College <laughs> in Helena, Montana. And, okay you know at first it was tough adjustment from orange county suburbia to uh mm-hmm. you know to the great northwest but uh it was it was all, it was fantastic i love and it. how was your collegiate football career it was very short because uh in my <laughs> last high school game i hurt my knee and uh so this was in high school that you hurt your knee yeah i hurt my knee in my last game yeah i was and- gonna say because that you've got the joke about pain is temporary and you do the whole thing and so i was yeah. surprised to hear you had a football scholarship for college yeah, totally. It's uh, yeah, I hurt my knee, and uh, they they gave me the scholarship anyway. Let me redshirt, and uh, and then I tweaked it again. And by the time I was ready to go again, it was like two years later, and I was like, "What am I doing? Like, I haven't played football in two whole years." Right. And uh, and I still wasn't back hundred percent. And I was like, "I'm done. I'm done." Like, you know what I mean? It was just okay. So at that point, is the scholarship gone then? No, they let me stay on as a, a trainer manager. Okay. So, like I film practices. I, uh, you know, set up the field and, uh, you know, um, broke it down every day, like taped a few ankles. I, uh, watched the equipment or not watched the stock, the equipment inventory, watched the, the, uh, jerseys and pants and all that stuff. You know, it's so interesting when, when people, it's such a big part, I got to imagine it must've been a big part of your high school was being part of the football team. If you were good enough to get a scholarship, I mean, it was my life and I earned no scholarships, right, and, right. but it's so interesting to me when guys like, you know, it's such a big part of their identity. And then they just kind of, it sounds like you kind of just fell out of love with it or something. Cause yeah. otherwise your competitive spirit, you'd been like, I'll get back out there. The knees not a oh, hundred, yeah. but I got it. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, uh, it wasn't bad. And I'm like, man, I can't play at full speed. And it's on my, it was on my mind. I was like, I'm not going to play if my knee is on my mind here. Oh, um, really? Okay. Yeah, I, was like, I was like, you know, I'm like, cause you know, when I played or when we all play, we're, we're like kids, we're just, uh, you know, reckless and yeah. you're not really worried. And I'm like, if I'm worried, I'm dead. And, uh, yeah, you so lost your competitive edge. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, it made me like the school more getting away from, cause the first year and a half was tough. And then, my fourth semester at Carroll college, I, I loved it. I started to love it, you know, cause I was getting into the student body more. Do you still love football? Yeah. 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 Too much, too much. I don't do fantasy, but I, I follow it a lot. And, uh, you know, in my alternate life, I'd love to coach football. You're like a, you're like a stats guy. A little bit. Yeah. Like I can go back and name the super bowls and, and, and world series and stuff like that. And people are like, Jesus, how do you remember that? <laughs> but, and you've uh, got the yeah. Dodger hat on. Congrats. I got the Dodger hat on. Yeah, yeah. I got the whole 
Dodger hat. That that started when Kirk Gibson, because I was a Tiger fan as a kid living in Michigan, and then Kirk Gibson moved out about the same time we did, and he, you know, played for the 1988 champions. Right, right. Was that the year that he had the pine tar on the bat and came out of the dugout? Was that that? No, season? that was George Brett. That, that was, was George Brett. No, there was something with Kirk Gibson, wasn't there? No, they just look alike. They're both kind of grubby and uh, <laughs> both white. Those two guys and Wade Boggs, they're all kind of sit in the same boat. Oh, yeah. They what? all had the same look, mustache. And... Okay, he, he hit the home run, though, where he's pumping the fist, right? That was yeah, Kirk Gibson. double pump coming around second base. Was yeah. that the World Series? That was game one of the World Series, and they weren't even supposed to be close. The A's, the Oakland A's were dominant, and they were supposed to destroy the Dodgers. And uh, somehow in the bottom of the ninth, Gibson gets up. He's injured. It was his only at-bat in the World Series. And uh, sort of pinch hit him. And he, you know, he had, cause he, his body was all banged up and he was in the, uh, back in the locker room, take, taking practice swings against a punching bag. Really? And, yeah. Bob Costas was there witnessing everything. And um, he goes to Tommy Lasorda. He's like, uh, I got one in me. I got one in me. And Lasorda puts him up to pinch hit. And uh, with the man on base, they were down one, two strikes and two outs and uh and he hits a home run um and he could see he he says he could see because if you look in right field at dodger stadium there are cars you could see cars leaving the lot and he really? said he could see the brake lights whoever was leaving was listening to the game on the radio and he hits it out and he could see brake lights on the cars because they're probably like oh we just left and uh and then he's circling and who won. is leaving a world series game down what one yeah, yeah. And if you look at the film, you can see, if you look closely, you can see cars, like, jerk and stop. Um, now, here's, as- here's my beef, and I, I would love to talk to you about this. You know, you've been in Southern California since you were 11. You're, you know, you're a sports fan. I've always had beef ever since I moved out here. I feel like this town is very fair-weathered, and it oh, just yeah. doesn't feel like they give a crap. They've got so much else going on. They're just Even the people that are into sports, and that's a perfect illustration right there of people yeah. leaving a World Series game. I don't know that I'll ever go to a World Series game, but I imagine yeah. if I did, the score could be 17-0. to zero. I'm going to stick around because yeah. it's a World yeah. Series, first of all. Yeah, And well, I don't leave any sports games early. That's, well, you're from Nebraska, and the and the Cornhusker fan base is ground zero for loyalty. Yes, like, that borders the Japanese in World War Two. It is <laughs> Cornhusker face. I mean, you guys aren't abandoning ship, man. And, no, but but yeah, and then the opposite would be Orange County or Southern California. I'd say in general, is is like, oh well, at least we have these other lives we can go to. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Nebraska. See, and I never liked it when I first moved out here. USC was you know going through their reign with reggie bush and all those guys and i just i looked at the fans i go you there is no evidence of you being a fan last year and now here you are just jumping on the bandwagon so it got kind of gave me a bad taste in my mouth uh but i I feel like you know that's not all la fans but it's it's just kind of a lot of a lot of the hollywood uh southern california mentality you see with the lakers when kobe you know between Kobe and LeBron or uh, between Magic and Kobe when they had those dry spells there. Right, right. Yeah. And people were jumping on. That's why I almost tend to, even though I didn't know what the name meant, I almost tended to go with the uh, Clippers over the Lakers. Like if I was going to root for somebody. And I remember going to a Clipper game 
when I was pretty fresh to Los Angeles and they got that one fan, you know who I'm talking about? Like Mr. Clipper or whatever he is. And just some dude like sitting like middle. He doesn't have the best seats, but he doesn't have like nosebleed, but he's like all decked out in his Clipper gear and he's yelling like, and I feel like everybody there knows him because the guy next to me is like, oh yeah, that's uh, whoever, whatever his name was. Oh, totally. Totally. The, uh, yeah, I, I would say, especially white Southern California, but you, like Latino Dodger fans are pretty loyal. They're but, into it. Uh, yeah. But, but yeah, you're, you're right. Yeah. And <laughs> funny, there's that one Clipper fan. That's funny. He has to compensate. He, for, yeah. It's like he buoyed them through like decades of mediocrity. Like when totally, nobody else yeah. was in the stands, they're like, that guy has been here for years. He's got season tickets every single year. And he's just yelling his head off. And I was like, I like that guy. Yeah, you got to hand it to that person. So, <laughs> dude, that. Uh, so, have you been doing any comedy here in the last few months? Uh, you know, I just started doing some of these outdoor shows, and right. uh, which I'm going to try to get a monthly down in Orange County, which I'd love for you to do. Um, yeah, and uh, it pays and everything. But uh, yeah, I, I did a couple Zoom shows, and those those can be depressing. But uh, <laughs> but I did I did a couple uh, outdoor shows. I just did that. Uh, fundraiser down in san diego and that was really fun man it's really crazy like because it was outside people were standing i'm like oh this is not good for stand-up outside standing uh lights everywhere so it's distracting but uh but it went well and i miss it man i'm sure you do too it's it's just like oh god you miss that juice that's why we do it yeah yeah i kind of told myself you know early on like it's going to be a year before we get back to it and then two weeks ago i did some shows in omaha and it was it was like a tease right right it was like you know we were back and i was like oh this is so good and i was like doing some new jokes and now it's gone again oh yeah i don't have yeah. anything till december oh man so you get to do a week and then you have to take a month off a month and a half off. yeah yeah oh. and it's like you know you just bang the rust off and now yeah oh well we'll we'll be back eventually and some of these outdoor shows are popping up so that's good yeah so have you been because it's I'm, I'm finding like i'm writing and then i'm like what's the point and I'm like, oh man, I gotta do it. I I love doing it, and I'm writing, and I'm like, oh, what's the point? This isn't gonna get up on stage anywhere. But uh, <laughs> you can't, like, I don't know. You're ne- we're never gonna stop doing it. We're never ever gonna stop writing, at least. Right, right. Do you, now? Do you write uh, scripts and things like that as well? Yeah, I try. I try. Uh, nothing that I've ever sold. Um, uh, what I'm trying to think. What I've worked on. Um, I, I wrote a thing called stay at home uncle. I'm working on a sitcom called stay at home uncle, which okay. is just me, me being an uncle and, uh, <laughs> you know, um, having nieces and nephews and a mother that wants you to get married and have kids too. So, uh, I think that could be a good show. Maybe stay at home uncle, whether it's starring me or starring, I don't know, Kevin Hart, um, right, right. whatever, whatever pays, you know, he is doing everything. Yeah, He's he doing is. everything. Yeah. Some of these guys, you, you, you like bang your head up against the wall to get anything going. And then you just keep seeing the same people on TV yeah. and on internet. It's unbelievable. I, it's, uh, I guess there's only room for so many big names. Um, but I'm happy. I'm, I'm happy to always write for someone else. Um, sure. I'm happy to be behind the scenes as long as I'm making money and being creative in some capacity. Um, you know, but, uh, but yeah, the camera would be nice too. And then kind of that notoriety and, and, you know, reward who doesn't want to be noticed and like people uh, open up to you and they recognize you like, Oh my God, who wouldn't want to live? You know, people are nice to you, stuff like that. Right. It's well, and I've always looked at it as like, well, anything I can do to help me sell tickets on the road, like right. 
I mean, seeing, I mean, Seinfeld made a ton of money from his show, but, but it like catapulted him into, you know, being a household name. So anywhere he goes, he sells tickets so he can do what he loves anywhere based on this thing that he did that, I mean, maybe he loved it, maybe he didn't, but it wasn't what he set out to do. Right, right. He likes, he, he actually really loves the stand-up part. Yeah. Right, because certain guys do it. Like, uh, are you watching the Comedy Store documentary on Showtime? No, 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 I've heard great things. So I signed up. Like, you get a free month if you just throw your email in there and and that. So you can do that. And there's some cool things on there. I don't want to throw Showtime out of the bus, but yeah, you know, you watch it for free if you want to. Um, and they were talking about uh, Michael Keaton. He's he's part oh. of it, and because he was a stand-up, and yeah. I think almost nobody knows he was a stand-up comedian. Yeah, it's really weird. Yeah, and he was really good. I think. They they say he was he was great. Like all the other comics go, yeah, Michael was fantastic. We loved watching him, and he got a couple shots on TV in the Tonight Show, and then he was Batman, and he never did comedy again. Oh wow! And okay. I don't know that I could ever do that, but I guess certain guys they just like turn their yeah, back on I, it. I, you know, it depends on that. When you turn that corner with that with that money, and then your focus is auditions or getting parts, and and the money's there, and it's like, oh, I don't need to go to wherever or get on a plane at all. Um, unless it's to film a movie, then, right. then I don't know why I go back. But, but my God, he was in in, in Mr. Mom. He was hilarious in mm-hmm. uh, late. Sh- was it late shift? Uh, late night shift. Sh- yeah, night. night sh- sh- one of those. Yeah, Henry Winkler. Yeah, it was amazing. Shelley Long. Um, yeah, he was always. And then Gung Ho. He's brilliant. I don't think I've seen Gung Ho. Gung Ho is uh, like eighty-seven or eighty-eight, I think. With uh, and he's. It's, I think it's in Pennsylvania or Detroit where he works in an automotive factory, but, um, and George Went is in it and, uh, Long Duck Dong from 16 Candles is in it. Right. Right. But, Love uh, George Went. He's oh. Jason Sudeikis's uncle. In real life? In real life. Obviously. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, no, in the, uh, stay at home uncle script. That's, <laughs> George Went is the one that stays at home. You got to proofread my own stuff. <laughs> oh, that's are they Chicago based? Those two, uh, Kansas City or something like that. I think they're out of Kansas. Um, but to your point, yeah, I don't know if I could ever stop doing it because that rush. I, I would imagine that you know you're on set shooting movies and and it's just maybe not the same as that rush of a hundred people or a thousand people laughing at you with you. Right. What's 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 your number? If somebody came to you with a blank check and said, Pat, I can write all kinds of numbers on this check uh, for you to never do comedy again. <laughs> oh, it's, not, it's not that high. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think, uh, oh, man, it had to be over a million, though, because you're going to make a lot of money. It depends. Yeah. Yeah. It have to be a lot because you're going to it would have to last you the rest of your life. Right. Unless you had employment and that offer. Um, so, I mean, it'd have to be I, more than a million. It'd have to be like $10 million. $10 million is your number. So that's higher than I, I mean, I, 10 five, million. That's pretty good. Five mil, five mil. Meet in the middle at five. One million's achievable, but we'll go five mil. Would it be different stuff. if somebody said, Pat, I love your comedy. Uh, I want to give you money and just, uh, just live high off the hog. I love your comedy. What you've given the world is already so much. Just go enjoy your life. Here's $5 million. Would it make a difference if instead of that scenario, it's a guy that goes, I hate your comedy so much. Here's $5 million to shut up and go away. Dig a hole. I don't know, I don't know because that's like weird negative energy in the universe. I don't know if I could take 
that might, so, I think that would be a challenge to be like, oh, I'll make more than five. Then. Right. Yeah. You'd be like, all right, now I'm going to shove my comedy down all the throats. Oh, yeah. Now it's coming. Yeah, totally. <laughs> Um, I think, yeah, out of spite. It's like that Seinfeld episode. Out of spite, I would continue. I do a lot of things out of spite. I'd be like, now I have to make over five million uh, over the course of the next 10 years. I have a... Love-hate's not the right word because there are so few bookers that I love. You know, there are so few that are really nice, genuine people that get back to you and they're nice to you when you see them. I kind of have a, just a hate, like hate disdain relationship with bookers. And even now it's been exacerbated, you know, with, with even the clubs that are open there, there's so few that are open that, uh, you know, everybody must be hitting them up. And right. so now I, I've considered doing my next tour and calling it like the spite tour, just where I'm doing and just renting the building next to the comedy club. Oh, love that attitude. Yeah. I mean, isn't that just the dream to just do the theater across the street from the comedy oh, club yeah. where you're like, here it is. And you got to sell it out. Cause if you don't sell it, out, then you oh, yeah, like you gotta, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you do. Yeah. That's, you'd really have to hate the work that goes into that. But uh, God, I'd like to do that. I think Doug Stanhope did that for Montreal one year. The did he? For spite. Just I got to look that up because I, I don't want to do anything. Somebody's already done, but uh uh yeah, yeah look it up i think he did it in oh oh eight i think and it was called it just for spite instead just for oh yeah. man i'll bet it did really well yeah 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 i'm sure i'm sure uh would you make it a whole tour or just uh a few different uh, i would make it the entire tour and okay Okay. That would be my goal. And then every place I went, I would give free tickets to whoever spurned me at the comedy club and say, here you go. These are the last two tickets left. We've got a 1500 seater over there that I sold out, you know, but here I save two for you. Right. 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 I love that. Uh, Well, I mean, you've, you've probably like we all have, I think turned some bookers that maybe at first, they just didn't like you. And then years later, all of a sudden you get an email or a call or something. It's like, Hey, we want to book you for this thing. And you're like, Oh wow. Like I made it into that person's heart or whatever. And yeah. that's kind of a nice feeling. Kind of. It is. Like, and, it is. And I don't want to, you know, be little bookers. There are really only a couple that I genuinely hate. Yeah. Yeah. There's a few. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You got a great, you got a great one. You got one of the best there in Omaha. Um, oh, she's Colleen. wonderful. She's Colleen like, is amazing. Yeah. She's one of the good ones. Um, there was a club in uh, Columbia, Missouri called Deja Vu. Did you ever do that? Yeah, I love that place. I love that town. I never did it, but what you were talking about with like turning a booker, I didn't turn him, but he got back to an email that I had written him seven years prior. Seven. Seven years. Like I looked at the date of where I sent because he like finally replied to it. I don't know if he was cleaning out his inbox or what it was. But it was seven years ago. I was like, hey, I'm coming through. I'd love a guest spot or to host or something. He's like, hey, if you're still down to host. I was like, that was seven years ago, dude. Oh, dude, if you're still down to host. Did you do it or no? I, I did not. I said, you know, what was funny is I said, uh, I said, hey, I, you know, I, I appreciate it. I can't believe you got back to me after seven years. Like, yeah. good for you for cleaning out the inbox. But uh, I, I'd love to work for you in some other capacity. And And then I think, like, Three months later, they were closed. Yeah, that's. I think they're. I think somebody's opening one up again. There's there at some point. But dude, you would have destroyed that room. I mean, what a layup! I don't know why you. He would have had a thing 
against you. I don't think he had a thing against me. It's just like any booker, you know, you get inundated with emails and then it just, you know, how how, how do you follow up on all of them? There are too many people with dreams. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I think you would, I think that would have been a good match for you, especially that town and room. (laughs) I I loved it. That, that, that poker, one of the guys that worked there used to say comics sometimes take less money because they love doing that room so much. Okay. Um, Yeah. And uh, well, and part of it's because the college is there and they hope they're going to hook up with someone, but uh, right. Right. Most of the comics are male, but whatever. Um, (laughs) uh, But yeah, I love that, that town and school and uh, club. Yeah. That was fun. Whole fun thing. Gotcha. Do you have any places that you uh, like, what are your favorite clubs in the country? And then what uh, do you have any that you hate? I I like, uh, I like uh, Omaha funny bone because the Omaha funny bone is, uh, you know, it's obviously part of that funny bone, um, dynasty but it's mm-hmm. got the personal touch of colleen yeah and daisy and uh they just they, they make it more uh i don't know uh intimate and without losing the professionalism and then uh and also it's like you know i'm sure you have grown up in omaha or grown up in nebraska in general people probably come and go in omaha nebraska you know what and it's right. like, oh no, this is a hip crowd. Lincoln is a hip crowd. Lincoln is a hip town. I, I Omaha and Lincoln are great towns, but uh, I like Omaha Funny Bone. I like uh, what the Columbus Funny Bone's good. Uh-huh. Um, you know, and uh, what, what else? Was, oh, did you ever do Acme or uh, Comedy on State? No, those are the two big ones that I haven't done. I did. Uh, I did a club in uh, what? What's the Twin City? What's the? It's Minneapolis. Did Acme in Minneapolis? I did. No, I did the Saint. I did a club in Saint Paul last right. year, and I, after my show, I went over and watched a show just because I'd heard about Acme Comedy Club. Yeah. So I, I took an Uber over and I watched the late show. It is a great club. Yeah. No, those are those are yeah. If you can get in with those girls and uh, uh, really professional. Well, I'm sorry. The the comedy on state in Madison. Those the two sisters. Two gals there. Really professional, smart, on top of every part of the business. And then uh, Acme with Lewis Lee is great. And then uh, I'm sure I'm missing some clubs in my head. Uh, there's there's one that uh, I I did twice just on one-nighters. For whatever reason, the club in Austin, Cap City, which oh, recently right. closed, I bombed out of control. Really? I, I don't know. I hate Austin for some reason in my head. I hate Austin because my two experiences there, just eating it. Yeah. Yeah, that sucks because that's a really fun town. Right? Everybody loves it. And I, I, I sit there and I just keep my head down and, and I shut up because the two, 2009, 2010 were not, I, for whatever reason, both those shows just ate it. It's so interesting. It's like a bully. It's like you could go back there, there now and do very well, I'm certain. But in your head, you're like, oh, no, he's still, even though I'm bigger than him now, I'm still afraid of him from yeah. seventh grade, you know. That's a, uh, that's a great way of putting it. Do you, do you get nervous with, with certain yeah. places? Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think, uh, like the Friday night late show has, is definitely in my head wherever I'm at. I'm like, I still go back to this one really bad late show years ago that actually wasn't that bad. I don't think the shows are ever as bad as you think they are. Right. But, uh, as comics, I think we fear bad shows, but we also fear mediocre shows. You know, we, we make, if we have a a rough show, it's all of a sudden becomes the worst. But I was in Chattanooga, uh, Tennessee, and I think I had just started headlining. I was just like kind of B room headliner type stuff. And uh, 
you know, I never, I haven't spent much time in the South. It was kind of blue collar. The club wasn't really run very well. It wasn't in the best part of town. That's part of it too. It doesn't matter what town, the right. South or anywhere else. If it's not well run or if it's in, that, in the right part of town. And I just, it, it just wasn't matching up. And I think now I'd go and it would still be mediocre. But then it was like, there were some rough, rough spots. No matter how good the writing is. Thank you. It just wasn't happening that week, man. I remember being so relieved when that week was over. And I think if I went back and had great, great shows, it would still be like, ooh, I still have that pit of my stomach feeling of guck. And it's so weird because that's something that you're just bringing to the table. And like a brand new crowd won't know that you feel that way. But that right. certainly it impacts, you know, something in your performance, your delivery. Yeah. As yeah, just totally. our baggage that we're bringing to the stage. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh it's crazy. It's and you just have to, I don't know. I don't know. Like this whole thing, like a quarterback throwing an interception, but you still have to come back and play and win the game. And Yeah. Got to brush it off. And I guess that I just remember. comes with taking enough at bats that you kind of, you know, that it's not always going to be that way. But people in my family, like, you know, you'll do a club and you'll have five shows and inevitably one of those shows is going to be the best. Right. And then you measure the others based on that one. Right. And so if the best one is the Friday early show, you got three more shows to do and they may be great, but they weren't as good. And right. I remember, right. you know, anytime I'm talking to my mom or somebody on the, on the phone, they're like, how, how was the show? I go, I was okay. And they're like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm like, no, it's just, yeah, 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 yeah. they're not all the perfect show. Yeah. That's funny. It's never as bad when your friends and family are there and it's going bad. It's, it's worse for them. Cause I'm like, don't worry. I can deal with, I'm not going to cry. Like I've seen terrible audiences, you know? Yes. So don't worry. But sometimes they're like, Oh no, is that what he goes through every night? It's like, no, no, no. <laughs> well, it would be almost as if like, you know, LeBron plays a game, he scores 25 and he goes eight for 20 and people say, yeah. Oh, sorry about the 12 yeah. missed shots. Listen, I'm going to miss some shots. Right. I don't we shoot. Games. We have 81 other games of regular <laughs> season. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be fine. Yeah. They can't, they're not all going to be good. You know, they're not going to be great jokes, great shows, whatever. Not perfect, but you know, you still score some baskets and you, you yeah. went through and you, you gave people a good time. Do you have to do any, do you have any pre-show rituals that you do to get in the mindset? Um, no, my buddy, uh, you know, Steve Rogers out of New York at all. You'll meet him at some Is point. Is that Captain America? Oh my God. Yeah, it is. He has a joke about that. Yeah. Okay. I don't know Steve, but somehow my uh, Marvel. uh, He's trying to get me into meditation. He's told me about meditation. I'm I'm probably going to try to do that at some point, but you have not done it yet. Yeah. No, no pre-show rituals that I know. I've just, uh, you know, I I don't know how you are. Sometimes I'm like, I want to completely, you know, I just want to be in my head. And then sometimes it helps to be talking to someone all the way to stage just to get your motor skills going and your, and your, because sometimes you're quiet all day. You're not talking to anybody. You mm-hmm. haven't gotten on the phone. And then all of a sudden you have to go talk for half hour, 45 or an hour. And it's like, wow, I haven't said any words today. Right. And my brain needs to be working. Uh, and, and my mouth needs to be working. And vocal projection needs to happen. And I haven't used it all day. So it can be rusty. Yeah, I, it is weird that you can, yeah, you, can, you can spend the entire day in the condo or in the hotel no. And then all of a sudden, now you got to go be funny for a living. Right. You got to talk right. for a living. And you're like, oh, geez. It's so bizarre. It's I've so not weird. had any human interaction, which is probably where you get weird material, right? Just spending so yeah. much time in your own head. Yeah. We can say what we want about Louis C.K., but I remember him saying in an interview years ago that, like, 
he'll drive without the radio on. He doesn't listen to podcasts. He'll drive without any stimulation. He's like, sometimes you just need to be with yourself yeah. to hear your, and, and I got into such a bad habit of just anytime yeah. I had free, I was listening to something and I was like, man, I'm having no original thoughts. Yeah. You need to get uh, completely to the core of just silence for minutes and on end. Have you ever just, written a joke where you're like, I can't do this joke. This is too personal. Uh, yeah, yeah. I can't, I have a special needs brother older okay. brother and just and <clears throat> a couple of my friends one buddy in particular is like you got to tap into that because you know that's an older brother that's how you were introduced to the world right it might explain a lot of how you see existence and uh i've just never been able to talk about it on stage for some reason have um, you written jokes about it but just not I done so it? Much, i have so much i have almost a, a, an album on it that i just really yeah yeah like this whole thing i've got you know because he won a gold medal in the special olympics okay athletic and, family yeah i mean totally and i'm like wow you know for years i'm like oh i want you know my older brother to be regular i want him to be okay and uh, and then he goes and wins a gold medal and i'm like shit now i gotta live up to a gold medal <laughs> how am i gonna do this like and just like that i'm like oh i'm a normal little brother trying to live up to his older brother i'm not you right. know because if i do win a gold medal my dad's gonna be like oh that's good you you, you know you you didn't win it with special needs you know, you, you had all your capabilities, but yours, yours counts too. You know, yours counts too, Patrick. So I'm like, wow, even a gold medal won't satisfy. I'm gonna have to win like two gold medals. Yeah. And and so that's part of the joke, but uh, yeah, I've never been able to say any of that on stage. And is it, do you feel like that's, is that something just out of respect for him that you don't do it? I think partially, partially I don't want like to make fun of. Sure. But, but you know, you can make, it's on you. It, It makes it makes fun of you because at the core of it is like, he doesn't, he's not living his life going, Oh, I'm special needs. Oh, I'm, I'm deprived. He's, he's having a blast. Right. You know, he's, he's, his body and mind are seeking joy and pleasure. And whether that comes in the form of like ice cream mixed with cereal, uh, you know, or just a walk. Right. And looking around um, or his nieces, our nieces. So, um, yeah, so he's experiencing joy. He's not like, oh, my life doesn't count because I'm special needs, you know. So it, it's not. I wouldn't even be making fun of, but in in some ways, I view it as I would be kind of. I don't know. Right, right. Do you feel like growing up uh, with an older brother like that 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 like gave you more empathy in how you live oh, your own life? Yeah, especially the last three years, he's had two two falls where he's fallen and had that surgery and close to death experiences. And it makes you more of a compassionate, I think, person. It's almost like uh, if you're raised on an instrument, learning an instrument or raised on learning a language, uh-huh. uh, you, you have you have more compassion for humanity, I find. I mean, especially in Orange County, suburban, very, you know, a non-detached from the earth, you know, very like uh, get up and go, very, it's there's not a lot of mercy in Southern Cal, as you know, it's just very fast paced. It's very... Uh, let's see uh, orange county kind of a little bit shallow sure you know, it's all about your second home it's all about your mountain in uh, mammoth or big bear where you're going to ski you know it's uh it's it's your uh, your second car it has to be the right car I- intellectualism doesn't matter right you know, bernie sanders is a disgusting human to those people <laughs> like someone who wants to end the wars and help with poverty how dare um, him. <laughs> Long answer to your questions. Yeah, I think it. No, I like that. So you you attribute like learning a second language. Yeah, to- because it never it never scared us because you know we we had him at home for years and then he's in a home 
now. And uh-huh. so when he was taken from us to go live in a home, we'd go visit. And, you know, you see all kinds of cases, man, that, that like, I don't know, some would say, oh, little kids shouldn't see what we're seeing. But I don't know. I mean, you should see it. If other people are going through it, you should know that they're at least going through that, you know, whether it's kids in wheelchairs and, you know, mal, mal, uh, mal, not malfunctioning, but just um, very, like you see bodies that aren't normal. You know, you see kids sure. with very, um, I don't know how to, I don't know, uh, just very, in various handicaps, physically, visually. And, and you're just like, wow, this is, you know, this is an insane asylum. You know, as a little kid, you think, what, where am I? What, what nightmare is this? So um, it opens your eyes you, a little bit. You develop a, yeah. Yeah. It opens your eyes. Yeah. And, and, and you develop kind of a tolerance and like, oh, a compassion. And, you know, it never phased us that if we're holding a kid and somebody's drooling, you know, that didn't freak us out, you know, just stuff like that. And, you know, I think it kind of makes sense and I don't want to put you in any kind of box, but I, I'm, I'm going to do it and I'm going to give you a compliment at the same time, an odd compliment because you're such a good joke writer. Like when you, I, I am adamant that anytime you're on stage and I see somebody talking, I'm like, no, 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 you have to listen because just if, if you watch you without, without audio, it doesn't appear like there's nothing funny about your face or anything. There's nothing. It looks like you're just talking up there kind of mundane, but the the words you're using are so good and so funny that anytime I see somebody like not paying attention, I'm like, no, you need to listen to this guy because he's super funny. And I'm, I I truly believe that if people listen to you, you're just going to crush every single room that you're ever in. And, and I remember when I first watched you, I thought, subconsciously i thought he's probably not nice because anybody that is that good of a joke writer and that sarcastic tone is usually not a very nice person but you're very nice you're very kind anytime you see me you say hello it's 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 a yeah. warm and i it was there was always a disconnect because i was like nope good joke writers aren't nice guys like that yeah, <laughs> so what happened and I, yeah yeah now i'm thinking maybe it was part of your upbringing that like I saved so. you. yeah yeah my mom was very sweet and, and dad even a good guy too and yeah so but yeah it's <laughs> dad even a good guy too <laughs> yeah yeah he's a big aggressive uh like john madden mixed with john candy was his whole thing uh he oh, just was awesome. a big, big blonde haired guy coached football and was in sales um but yeah they were up they're upbringing their parents you know toledo ohio uh you know midwest i mean salt to the earth i guess and uh yeah, it's funny. Um, yeah, because my dad used to be like, dominate, you know, in sports. And then my mom would be like, but to make sure nobody gets injured. Like, don't hurt anyone. <laughs> and so, like, I always had this, well, do you want me to do well or not, you know? <clears throat> so, and then show business is just so cutthroat. It is. That I was like, I can't, I can't, like, I'm not going to succeed if I have to cut someone's throat, which is fine, because I don't, you know, it's not worth mm-hmm. it to me. Um, I, I, I just, I'd rather be a human being, you know? Right, yeah. Yeah, That now that's a good way, because... Yeah, anybody at the tippy top, like any anybody that's ever become president, you feel like certainly oh. they've stepped on some people. Oh, there's some bodies, yeah. yeah. I, I don't think I trust any president in my lifetime to not like just have snuffed somebody out. Yeah, there's just no, I, I don't know that they can get to that position. I mean, even Abraham Lincoln stuff's coming out on Abe Lincoln now, and I'm like, ooh, God, really? I know, and it... <laughs> It's weird how new stuff can come out. Hold on one second. My kid just came in. Okay. What's up, buddy? 
this is a little battery and it needs to charge. Okay. Can you have mom give you this? Can she plug this in? Mom's not here. Mom's not here? Uh-huh. One second, Pat. Okay. Yeah, buddy, you got it. Give me 30 seconds. Mom's not here. The old classic mom's not here bit. Is she? Yeah. She is there. She's six feet away from him. I mean, right. our place is not big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would have thought my six-year-old could have figured out if someone were here or not. Uh, what the hell were we saying? Uh, I don't know. I think we were. Uh, oh, we were talking about night. Oh, the business show. Oh, presidents must have murdered somebody. All <laughs> oh yeah, presidents must have murdered somebody. I feel or, like or not, maybe not murdered, but just some dodgy, dodgy, dodgy stuff. Yeah, they they all have to have like a little you know hand signal or something that they give Secret Service where they're like that guy gone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just. Who knows? Who knows the orders they have to give? They're in charge of uh, a lot of people, but more importantly, they're in charge of a lot of money. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's and a lot. And people with a lot of money are in charge of them. I don't know. It's a whole nother conversation, but. Uh, <laughs> Would you even feel comfortable asking a president if they've had somebody snuff? Like if you were, if you like, they were like, here you go. You get five minutes with, with this president, any president, pick any of them. You got five yeah. minutes alone with them in the white house. Would you even, I don't know. I'd be more. I'd be more curious about alien life than I would be people that they had. To aliens. That's a big question for you. Yeah, I think so. I, I mean, what they knew and what was what was to believe and what wasn't. Some more uh, stuff's coming out about aliens. You know, they they're releasing a little more. My thought has always been certainly it can't be because somebody would have blown the whistle by now. That's what I would think. I would think. I mean, with all the technology, somebody's going to catch something. I mean, I I, I do happen to think aliens are out there. Yeah. I do happen to think there's probably something else out there, but I don't think anybody really knows anything like area 51. There are too many people that have to be involved in that to keep it secret. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's true. That's a lot of people that takes organization, which people are not. And no. uh, yeah, I just, and, and I don't even know if we want to believe like everyone's just trying to get on with their lives. And it's like, can I, does this, do I have space in my brain and my paradigm for for this to exist like that there's otherworldly like beings that could, are either coming here to help us or coming here to fight us you know right yeah yeah i, I mean don't know, i don't know if my con- i don't know if my constitution internally can deal with that stress on top of everything <laughs> well yeah at any given moment we could be attacked by several i mean we're picking fights with several different people at any given moment like right. when when the dodgers won the other day and there were fireworks going off all across the city, you know, in Los Angeles, the first thought is, is that firework or gunshot? Right. And then right. it kept going as like, okay, it's probably not gunshots. Cause if it is, then something horrible is happening because <laughs> right. it's been going for the last five minutes. A lot of shots. Yeah. But it's not also not out of the realm of possibility that we're being attacked. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's never, that's I, never I knew the Dodgers were playing and it wasn't until somebody, uh, my sister-in-law was actually flying in there like the fireworks are crazy. And, and I was like, Oh, the Dodger game. That's yeah. what it is. Cause I was like, why, yeah. why fireworks? They must've just won the world series. And I kind of feel like if we did get attacked, if Los Angeles was the first place that's, you know, Russia or whoever right. blew up, I kind of feel like the rest of the country might go. Eh. Yeah. You know, I had LA, a second cousin right. in LA, but who cares? Dude, that's a great point. You know, had nine 11 happened in LA, I don't know that it would have been the same response. I really don't. I'm not like, you know, I think you're right. New York, it was like, you know, 
Um, and now if it happened in the Midwest or the South, for some reason, this country re- would have really lost its mind, <laughs> you know, just cause, you know, yeah. it's like, why are you messing with us? But, uh, but New York, yeah, very beloved city. But if it happened in LA, there are a lot of, uh, I think there's a lot of Americans that would be like, Oh, all right. Yeah. It's still our little brother. You know, I think New York's very in your face. LA is very much about hidden, hidden gems, you know, sure. this, this back bar, this back alley bar. Uh, this restaurant you have to go to this park it's LA is like 12 different cities it's just it's huge it's vast it's mysterious in some ways it is you know not that New York's not mysterious at all but but New York (laughs) very it's very in your face Manhattan is on top of itself which I love I I love New York's my favorite city in America is it have you ever considered moving there yeah yeah I I go because I have a friend there and uh, yeah I think eventually if if I don't get enough um, momentum uh, in this business, I'm just going to be like, ah, I can get more stand-up gigs in New York. I'm just going to go there and get back, to, go back to the end of the line, and start over. Because uh, you just you go on auditions out here and you write writing samples, and then I'm like, I didn't get any better today, you know? Gotcha. Because there just aren't as many gigs, and you can hit more markets from there. Hop on a train, and uh, as far as a stand-up town, that's the place. Yeah, that's yeah. I usually spot. tell stand-up comics, I'm like. Unless you want to live in LA, if you love hikes, if you love, I don't know, auditions, if you love the beach, then, then, then move to LA. But if you don't care for those things and just want to do stand up, man, it's better to live in Chicago or New York or, you know, Atlanta, Cincinnati, wherever. Probably in another six months, it's going to be a great time to move there because it sounds like everybody's getting out of Dodge yeah. there. Yeah. You might get, you know, some good deals on rent. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I, I'll, I'll, I'll wait it out. We'll see what this winter does with COVID and the numbers, but uh, you know. We'll now, are you, are you afraid of uh, coronavirus or are you kind of over it at this point? Where yeah. Do, I mean, I'm where do you stay with it? Like I just have the masks and I don't get close to anybody, but yeah. uh, I'm not, I don't know. I don't fear it. Like, like these numbers keep coming in and I just, I try to focus on recovery. looks like it's a 99% recovery. Right. Um, even higher 99 point something. Um, so the deaths and so I, I don't know. I mean, uh, yeah, I, 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 I try to take it with a grain of salt, you know, I, I do the same thing too, but it, it's like impacted me psychologically. Just, I, I treat everybody now. Like I have bad breath, like, you know, five years ago, I would talk to somebody. If I knew I hadn't brushed my teeth that day or something, I'd be kind of you know talking like this. Yeah. I do that now yeah. out of instinct. Yeah, yeah totally. Just don't, get, don't get close. I mean, You've got a whole family to think about. That's got to be. I don't care about them. They're fine. <laughs> they'll be. They'll be fine without me. But it's. It's. Uh, I don't know. It's like because I'm not afraid really of it. I feel everybody says they already had it. Yeah. I'm. Yeah. I'm one of those yeah. people who say, "Oh, I probably already had it. I probably had it twice." Right. Um, I had a cough in June. Yeah. Yeah. Like <laughs> I had yeah. a sniffle back in August. Pretty sure that was it. Yeah. Totally. I mean, I. I know. Like. If you smoke, if you're older, like those things contribute. But uh, right. I, I don't know, man. I, I, you know, I'm still careful. I don't like. Yeah, I mean, there's know. no reason to get sick if you can help it. Right, like because living in LA, people are very taking it very serious. I go down to Orange County, man, and you you see some masks, but definitely not not everyone. Yeah, we spent a good chunk of our summer in the Midwest, and it was, you know, most people by and large, and it wasn't impacting most 
you know, people in the way that it was in larger cities. You know, I think the town where we were uh, in Hastings had, you know, 12 cases for the longest time. It's like 12 cases over a course of three months isn't a big that's not bad, yeah. Big deal. Like the worst is the economic turmoil. And I, but I just think it's affecting people in big cities psychologically to where it's going to be hard to get back to a line in Disneyland. Yeah. Yeah. Or going to a concert, standing, you know, arm to arm. Comedy club, hopefully. I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's just like, there's going to be paranoia. Yeah. That'll take a while. That part, I think, takes, I mean, another year or two, really. To get back to that or to get to, to a point where you think people psychologically can handle that? I think psychological. I think, uh, I, yeah, I think it's an additional year. On the psychological part's an additional year after whenever these let-ups occur. It's just... I think it might impact some people for the rest of their lives because, you know, it, like if you look at grandparents and they're like, you know, and this is an extreme example, but they, they scraping salt off of the table and putting oh, it back in the salt shaker because they lived through depression. Yeah. yeah just that's crazy. Keep that's doing that. Crazy. I wonder if there's going to be some people that just like this, that's what they live through. So that's what they do. Dude. Yeah. That's what it will be. You're right. It'll be like that depression thing and they just save money and, and we're just paranoid. And some people will probably continue to wear masks when in public for the rest oh, of their life. Oh, for sure. Airplanes. I mean, even my sister-in-law said, she goes, I don't think I'll ever fly on a plane again without a mask. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I, I, I can see. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I don't, I don't want to live in that. World. No, I don't. I'm trying to think, uh, Jesus, then maybe comedy clubs never come back. I mean, we definitely aren't ever going to go back to completely how it was, which is weird to think about. That's really weird. You, you believe that? That we yeah, won't get back I mean, to? It just, some things won't come back. I mean, but some of that's good. I think in terms of, uh, co- companies employees will be like oh cool i only have to go in three days a week uh or two and a half days a week um so that part's good but yeah there's a lot of weird there's a lot of weirdness that i don't know it's gonna be tough to be open unless you're at a sturgis rally in south south dakota (laughs) that part (laughs) yeah there (laughs) we were driving through there just after it and we avoided hotels in that area we like drove an intentional like two and a half extra hours late at night because they're like i'm not gonna stay around where all those people were oh were you going there through there right around then yeah we it was right after the rally and we were coming back west and we were going to go through yellowstone and we went and we saw um we saw mount rushmore took the kids there oh cool they you know they could have hung out for 30 seconds then been good we stayed (laughs) we we stayed way too long there (laughs) but look they're doing a presentation they're like i don't care about any of this it's funny you drive all that way and then it takes literally you can look for less than a minute it's like vacation yeah the movie chevy chase it's like you look and you're like all right that's literally all these eyes can take well there it is yeah yeah it's so funny yeah yeah it's all this build up for like 30 seconds of awe and then just get the heck out of there. It doesn't really matter. It's hard to instill importance yeah. on a child. Same, same with me when I was a kid growing up. I remember probably going there and being like, okay, yeah, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I remember, yeah, my grandma and my mom, my dad took me to some caves in Kentucky. And it was like the water was blue. It was like a quarry type situation down there in Kentucky. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, are, are we going to get ice cream? And they're like, are you kidding me? This is a cool cave that like, look at the rocks and the... <laughs> throwing in coins this is beautiful it's been around all these years you know and uh i'm like oh yeah 
but where's where's the soft serve you know so now are your parents are they still in orange county they my dad passed and my mom is in arizona in chandler just south of phoenix okay yeah yeah and that's and i have uh and two of my brothers are there one brother obviously special needs and then one has a family they're both in arizona yeah and then i got a sister in jackson hole wyoming which is where i was right around sturgis so you if you ever pass through Jackson Hole, let me know. We did. Uh, we passed right through yeah. Jackson Hole on our way out of uh, Yellowstone and then going past the Grand Tetons. And then we drove through Jackson, which I don't know why I always thought it was white trash. It was like, it was basically Vail. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's Vail. It's uh, Sun Valley. It's all that. Yeah, it's a uh, ski town. It's a blue dot in a red state there. Yeah, yeah. What, what the hell? What, why did I have that backwards? I always heard Jackson Hole thinking, this is... Shitful. Yeah. just a turd on fire and then we drove through i was like oh my goodness oh i love it yeah i love my my sister and her husband have two kids we go every year and it's paradise man yeah. is there another jackson hole is there There's one in jackson, like kentucky mississippi. jackson mississippi it's not that one that's johnny cash sings about um i've been to jackson mississippi but i'm trying to think i don't know why i thought it was just a crapshoot but uh, yeah, it was really nice, and they've got like wild horses somewhere oh, yeah. around there. All that, yeah, it's fantastic. Whether it's uh, skiing, rodeo, I mean, they've got it all there, man. It's 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 a great mix. Yeah, that's wild. So, do does your mom want you to move to Arizona? Is she trying to like coax you in? Yeah, I think she'd like uh, she'd like to see more of me, and uh, and also she's not a fan of the business. And then uh, she's not a fan of comedy or show business. I think showbiz, Hollywood, and just everything, you know. Just, and uh, what, did she feel that way the whole time, like uh, when you were first getting into it? Um, yeah, I mean, I think she just doesn't like she doesn't like the grind, and she doesn't like how nobody gets paid adequately and stuff right. like that. But uh, but no, I mean, she's she wants you to me to be creative and live my life and stuff like that. So, but yeah, I think she would like me to be closer, and then just it's probably safer in Arizona where she is, just more space. In her little community, obviously Phoenix had a little rise in July, I think, but her little her little corner of the universe isn't isn't bad at all. Chandler, there's not a lot of cases. And does she affiliate? Is she like a Democrat, Republican? Does she feel strongly one way or the other? Uh, raised Catholic, and like a lot of Catholics, probably uh, in the '60s was a Democrat for a long time, and then Reagan in the '80s became a Republican. Uh-huh. Um, so there's a there's a lot of that. Uh, so yeah, you know, and then Orange County, all those years. Um, so raised Catholic, do you still practice? I, I lean, I lean left. Yeah. You you lean left politically. Yeah. How, yeah. how do you lean uh, spiritually? That's a good question. Um, I like Jesus very much. Uh huh. I think he could hit a curveball. Um, but uh, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not. You know, I guess if anything, I'd be a revolutionary Christian like Cornell West. Um, you know, I what does that uh, mean? I don't know. Just like Jesus is a human, I and what he did or what he said to have done, I love and appreciate. So I'm not really Christian as much. I try to be Christ-like. Okay. But, uh, I think Jesus would be a fan of the term Christian. I think he'd be like, "What? No, I didn't come for you know. I don't want a statue after me. I don't want a a label or a you know a group right with my name attached to it. I, but just do these things that I did and that we talked about and you know, I'm Jewish. You know, I, I have a joke where it would have been fun if Jesus had kids because then Christmas would have been so confusing. 
you know, we like, <laughs> kids want presents. And he's like, it's my birthday. You're like, what do we, what? <laughs> and then his parents are like, we're just, we just want Chinese food, go to the movies. Like, and Jesus is just trying to keep everybody happy on his own birthday. It's a mess. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, so, um, but I mean, so it sounds like, it sounds like you, you, you try and be a good person. You believe Jesus was a man. Do you, do you believe yeah. in God? Yeah, I believe in a higher power. Not necessarily God, but um, yeah, I'm not sure. You know, I think I pray. I definitely pray. Right. And so, what? How did you settle on that? Because it's I, I I believe in God as well, and it's I mean it's a hard thing to defend because it's a wild idea. But then so is this world. You know, any way right. you explain it, it's wild and crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You can you can you know you can break down all the science you want. And still go okay, but there's still no explanation, yeah, for how it started, you know. So, but uh, yeah, I do, I do believe, uh, yeah. And I don't know what the shaping is of it. I, I don't, I don't care for like yeah, the, you know. I think raised Catholic, and I like the stained glass. I like, sure. I like the churches and the buildings and the architecture, but it's a little too uh, constrictive for me. And I've been to a bunch of uh, Christian services in the last few years. Mm-hmm. Um, with my former girlfriend and I was like oh this is more uh, accessible you know this is more relatable so um, but I try to combine both I try to combine your spiritual relationship with the higher power mixed with good deeds that sure. you rate what the catholic emphasis is and uh, but I also I am a huge fan of of Jewish intellectualism and and uh, and the constant questioning and how well read in the history of Judaism. So it's like, I, I just don't, you know, I don't abide by one religion. I just. You know. Gotcha. Yeah. It was it, is it, or was it ever hard as a comedian to, to feel that way? Because, you know, the Bible and, and God and all that is pretty big punching bag for a lot of people. And I've even written jokes about where I like, this is, I mean, yeah. it's a big target. Yeah. It's an easy, yeah, it's an easy target. And uh, like, especially in show business, it's easier to tell people uh, if you say like, oh, I'm going to church. They're like, what? Oh, no, I'm just kidding. I'm going to a drug deal. And they're like, oh, that's, that's my Thank God. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, I've never, I, you know, I, I do as far as content, I've never, it's never, I, I try to be honest, but I, I'll always try to be clean language wise. Cause I don't want to turn people off cause I'm filthy and I just don't need it. And I think it's lazy. And I try to keep the language um, clean, not, not only for, you know, audience, but just for myself. Like, I'm just like, I don't need yeah. that. I don't need that. Uh, it definitely feels easier. Anytime I write down a joke and it either has uh, a curse or an exclamation point. If I put an exclamation point at the end, I feel like that wasn't written that well. Right, right, right. I, I do have one joke where it's an MF bomb and uh, I'm like, God, I can't end it any other way, but, but that way. Uh, but you know what? It's the one time I say it in an hour or 45 minutes. So in an hour of comedy, you'll be completely clean, but you'll drop one F bomb. Yeah. Right in about the middle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, but, but, but the audience will react like you want them to, because it's like, because it's like, Oh wow. We haven't heard that, you know, because by ne- by then they've been conditioned Yep. To be, you know, they're kind of lulled to sleep. Right. And then you, they hear that word and it's like, oh, and it has extra effect. Which sure, is not, yeah. Um, but not, I'm not against the swearing, you know, I'm not against any swearing or filth. 
especially like Robert Schimmel was amazing, but you didn't notice when he swore because the content was so strong and the writing was so tight. Right. Um, that like, you're like, Oh yeah, I guess that was dirty, but it wasn't like, you know, some other graphic comics. Right. Right. I will say a couple things over the course of an hour. And I, sometimes I write a joke and I, I'll try it a few times. I have one that I just was doing these last few shows right before the pandemic. And then I, I tried them again in Omaha and I just, I have to clean it up because it doesn't fit. It's just like such a disconnect from what I've been doing the entire time. Right. But, right. but it's so funny. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like, yeah. What do you do? I don't, I, I always wonder what, what parents do around their kids. They swear or if they catch their kids swearing. Sometimes it's just funny. Yeah, it's just funny. And, to you know, hear a toddler like use a word that they it's not a bad word for them because they don't know that it's a bad word. And I yeah. kind of I've been a big proponent of shit. I don't care if my kids say shit. That's yeah. like what where would you rank shit in the, in the curse words like okay, F bombs the granddaddy. That's the big one. Granddad. What's well, number I mean, two? Uh well calling a woman the C word or a man now. It's getting more used. C now. word's pretty rough. Would you put pretty that rough. above the F word? I think so. Okay. Because that has to be a person, right? Sure. The C word, but the F word doesn't have to be a person. Uh, it could be, yeah, just use something to describe. Yeah. But, okay. But what I like about the C word, I mean, they use it in England, obviously, to describe a man too, which is what I like. That's yeah. weird because my whole life, the F word was the big one. Right. I don't think the C word existed until maybe the 90s. for Americans for a long time, probably till I'd say the 90s or the millennium, you know? Yeah. Okay, so if we're ranking them, we're going to put the C word at the top now. He's, he's the new new one. Then F-bomb. Yeah. What comes after F-bomb? Uh, I'd say shit is right in the middle. Shit, see? Yeah, shit gets a bad yeah. a bad rap because I like shit. It's a strong – and then the hard T at the end. And it's just yeah. – it's an acronym, right? It's store high in transit. Ah, right. For when, exactly. for when a boat was carrying manure and they're like, right. that's shit. That's right. So it's not even really bad, and I yeah. I love it. So I don't care if my kids say shit. Like it, yeah. if a, if they get sent to the principals some at some point, yeah. and the principal says, "Do you know what he said?" He said shit. I'd be like, "I don't care." Right. right. Do, do whatever you want. I don't care. That one doesn't bother me. If he says the f word or the c word, now nah, I'm upset. The rest of them are kind of they they can be. Yeah, sad, I mean right? you got you know, ass and damn, which you can say on TV, which are low level. Yeah. Entry level. You could say those on a on ass a damn side. bitches. Son of a bitch. Yeah. There. So ass damn bitch is all acceptable. Yeah. Because you could say that on network TV. I think you could say those in Seinfeld episodes or, or The Office. You know. Are there any that we're missing? I mean, certainly there are lots of, but there's bitch shit. there's crap, which is crap is yeah yeah. Are but, there any other bad words? Ass damn shit bitch. What are the George Carlin ones? Oh, there's the like. I think sexual stuff there. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I was trying to figure out how to say it without saying it. Pull up uh, George Carlin's Seven Dirty. Um, uh, oh, piss. Uh, cocksucker tits. That's what we missed. Piss isn't bad. Piss isn't bad. And, and um, tits is like just a crass way of saying boobs. Yeah, something else. Um, so that's not really that bad. And then cocksucker. Yeah. Yeah, cock. Yeah. They got those. Dick and cock, yeah. Okay. I didn't think dick was bad. Dick's on there? 
Uh, no, I don't know. Dick's not, but cocksucker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. We all allow for that. That's probably up there. That's a top three. Yeah, I think so. But it's I such a weird, so. I, I guess I didn't think that was a curse growing up. No, like no. It didn't I mean, fit into the traditional curse words, like these are the things you can't say. That was just like, of course you don't say that. Right, right. And I don't, I don't yeah, I just, I don't, uh, God, piss. Piss. Yeah. At some point, piss was so horrible that you couldn't yeah. say it on TV. I'm really pissed off. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't, uh, I steer clear of those words. I don't uh, fault people for being religious. You know, I don't, uh, raising Catholicism, it's like, okay, Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. I just don't know that, that all those exact logistics, exa- like, so it doesn't right matter. Who's at the left hand and, and which way is God facing? Is he facing to the east? Is it like, like, which, like all that stuff is so, I'm like, how do you know any of this? You know, so. <laughs> well, you, you said uh, you weren't sure, you know, how parents react. I, usually I laugh if one of my kids, they're still so young that oh, right. I laugh. Right. The oldest right. one is starting to say it like directed. He'll yeah. he, occasionally he'll use a curse directed and then it, that's not as good, but it's still kind of funny. The first time he ever swore, we were at my uh, in-laws house in Northern Indiana and uh, my father-in-law will say son of a bitch a lot. He'll, he'll right. just use it. And so the first time I heard my kid cuss, he had, he was outside cleaning up dog poop in the yard with, uh, with his grandpa, my father-in-law okay. and he's out there and they're using the pooper scooper and they're cleaning it up. And all of a sudden, and he was probably three at the time. All of a sudden, he just goes, "Son of a bitch, this stinks." Oh god! And I was laughing. I was like, "That's perfect use." Yeah, that's yeah. hilarious that's to see a person that tall using it. So I, I usually just laugh. I mean, it may change later yeah. on. Um, you got You got to give the props to the kid. I mean, that's just he got a professional comedian to laugh. He used it correctly. Yeah, I mean, it's adorable. He used it for, yeah. And it was sparingly and all that. And uh, <laughs> see, I'm yeah. laughing. So all right, he got, I got, he got two comedians to laugh at it. So I get it. And I Bastard got, might be a bad one too, Bastard. Bastard is there. That's, yeah, that's kind of down low there. Yeah. A low level. Okay. I, I like this. Um, I got just a few more questions. Then we're going to wrap up. Uh, I want to give you an opportunity right now. I always like my guests to uh, – uh, plug somebody that you think deserves it. Somebody that you think deserves recognition that may not be a household name, but you think somebody out there is doing good work that people should see. Is there anybody like that? Oh yeah. Yeah. That's great. I mean, can I, I mean, it, it's tough to say because you, you never know, you can be big now without people knowing you. Right. So can I say like, uh, can I say two that people probably know, but it could yeah. hurt. Yeah. Anybody you think that deserves a shout uh, out. Chad, Chad, Chad Daniels and Miss huh? Pat, Chad Daniels and Miss Pat, I think yeah. are two of my favorites that uh, I'm sure they're, they're recognized, but in comedy uh, but, circles. Yes. But yeah, you know, a lot beyond, of people that listen yeah. to this podcast, uh, and they both have podcasts and, and, you know, one lives in Minnesota, one lives in Indiana. Like this is, they're, they're unbelievable to me. I'm like, they're not even in LA or New York or Chicago. And this stuff is relevant. It's great live. It's great written. It's uh it's funny. It's, it's strong. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's genuine. They're good people. I don't know Chad that well. I've obviously heard his name. Uh, yeah. I worked with Miss Pat uh, a few years ago up at Dr. Grin's in Michigan yeah. and she, oh, yeah. she was super nice. Yeah. Super nice. Fantastic. And she just slays on stage. She plays a complete human survivor and just a I mean, she, dude, like, 
and if, if she needs to, she get in a fight. <laughs> like, yeah, she's the hell, man. Yeah, so, it, it, it's one of the few comics that it doesn't feel written. It just feels yeah. like her talking. Like it's a hundred percent her personality. Yeah, just a uh, funny human being. Just I love both of them to death. Yeah, those are great. Those are great. Yeah, so check out those people. Check out Chad Daniels and Miss Pat. I think it's just M S Pat. Right. Yeah. MS. Yeah. That's it. I think she's got a book out there. You know, you said she's got a podcast that worth, worth checking out. Those are, those are both good ones. Um, I, I know you have your podcast. Uh, so check that out. Keen on things and it's spelled K E A N E. Perfect. All right. Here's my last question for you. If so, so we've established, we believe in a higher being. Yeah. If that higher being came to you tonight, and said, Pat, done a good job, but uh, there's, only, there's only one month left on this ticking time bomb of a planet. Okay? There's only one month left to live. This is it. Okay? You got 30 days. Do you change anything? And if so, what do you do? It's uh, a great question, man. Um, I, think, I don't think I drink. I don't think I, I just... I, Stay like, sober I, the last 30. Yeah, because it's like if I'm hungover, maybe I drink the last day. Like, okay like i'd like to drink and go out on a high buzz sure yeah sure but uh but i don't think i drink because i want every hour you know what i mean and right. over now especially as you get older um that hangover just kills your motivation kills your mood and i love where this so is gone so uh so yeah less drinking and probably just spending time with people like you know what i mean maybe do shows <laughs> still do shows at night would you still do shows yeah i probably wouldn't read anything uh, I probably wouldn't write anything except like a quick memoir, you know, a quick like a memoir to no one. Yeah. Two to three page memoir to no one um, or an email and then just spend as much time with people as possible. Uh, I'd still sleep nine hours a night or whatever, you know, would you, so, you want to be so. rested? You want to be rested hours. and really enjoy the day. And I would still work out. You would still work out. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Keep, get the, uh, uh, what's it called the endorphins Is it, yeah because i'd want the endorphins to go yeah okay would yeah. you tell anybody uh probably who would probably. you tell who was the first person you call uh, probably uh I, I don't know probably my mom yeah, yeah. probably my mom and, and brother and sister yeah. patrick get get to arizona yeah 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 i don't Can know why she's here? talking like that get, no, get here I, no she's uh, she's definitely from sense and sensibility or whatever accent <laughs> Awesome, man. Well, dude, Pat, I appreciate you sitting down and taking the time and, and doing this podcast with me. It, oh, I mean, me, you're one Flattering. of the funniest guys out there. I, I, I show your stuff to multiple people and, and I'm so happy to introduce you to the Hoffcast listeners because you, you deserve to be out there, man. I, I really love what you do. Oh, hey, likewise, man. It's been great knowing you these years. Cool, man. Thanks and have a good weekend. All right, Nick. We'll talk soon, buddy.